0: I don't know where prayers go or what they do. Do cats pray while they sleep, half asleep in the sun? Does the possum pray as it crosses the street, the sunflowers, the old black oak growing older every year? I know I can walk through the world along the shore or under the trees with my mind filled with things of little importance in full self-attendance, a condition I can't really call being alive. Is a prayer a gift or a petition or does it matter? The sunflowers blaze, maybe that's their way. Maybe the cats are sound asleep, maybe not. While I was thinking this, I happened to be standing just outside my door with my notebook open which is the way i begin every morning then a wren in the privet began to sing i happen to be standing by mary oliver welcome 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 to the composition podcast episode seven um you'll have to excuse me for only having a couple of episodes for black history month it was a really fucking busy month um, not just for myself, it was a lot going on for everybody, so I'm pretty sure you all can understand that. Um, that opening poem, I, I Happen to Be Standing, it's from uh, Mary Oliver's poetry book called A Thousand Mornings." Um, I like this poem in particular because I feel like it's her way of subtly challenging faith as, uh, in contrast with reality. Um, where she talks about the animals and nature, and then just like nature itself, does it have a faith? And if so, like, how does it express that faith? I thought that was really interesting, just being able to have that, that uh, mind of presence in a current moment and be able to see things outside of yourself. That's a really interesting poem. Um, and most of her poems are about some sort of, compare, contrast, or observation of nature in its natural form. Nature in its natural form, that's crazy. (laughs) But yeah, uh, shout out to Mary Oliver. I'll give you a little bit about her. Um, She's an American poet. She won the National Book Award in 1992 and the Pulitzer Prize in 1984. She was born September 10th, 1935 in Maple Heights, Ohio. And she saw the sunset January 17th, 2019 at the age of 83. Literally from 1969 to even after her death, she's been a very acclaimed poet and writer. Um, She's won a ton of awards. Like I can literally go down a huge list of everything. Uh, Guggenheim Foundation Fellowship, Pulitzer Prize for Poetry National Book Award, Landing Literary Award, just a 1,000 of them in her, in her career. Um, in 2007, she was actually named the best-selling poet, the country's best-selling poet in America in 2007. So, yeah, she really was nothing to play with. So, yeah, again, huge shout-out to Mary Oliver. Um, let's see. I have a few things I want to talk about this episode. Really interesting weekend for myself, uh, but definitely a very interesting last two to three weeks. Super-duper busy, a lot of news, a lot of shit hitting us uh, with the media. So I just hope everybody was able to stay grounded, able to stay clear-minded, and if not, then you're at least able to reset however way you see best fitting. Um, I'll actually start here. Lynching is now a federal hate crime. The House of Representatives passed legislation Monday, February 28th, and under under the new legislation introduced by Representative Bobby Rush, a crime can be prosecuted as lynching when a conspiracy to commit a hate crime results in death or serious bodily injury, and, and perpetrators could face up to 30 years in prison. Of course, very bittersweet. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that they did this on the very last day of Black History Month. If um, I don't want to speak out of turn, but if I remember correctly, I believe it's called, I think it's even called the Emmett Till Act, or well, part of this has something to do with the Emmett Till Act. But yeah, now uh, lynching is a federal hate crime. If prosecuted, you can face up to 30 years in prison. Uh, I believe it passed, or I believe it failed to pass... To become law over 200 times. Which is fucking crazy. And the fact that here we are in 2020. And it's just now becoming a thing. You would think we're at a point in time. Where it's like oh well we don't even need that law. But that's so far from the fucking truth. We literally watch people be lynched in all type of forms. Every day either on TV or on social media. So I guess it is a blessing to have this finally finally uh, passed, um, something that's sweeping all of social media right now. I haven't really found too many reports on this, and I'm pretty sure I know why, but it's being reported through social media that the Ukraine is actually not allowing Africans to leave the country. Um, of course, they're letting women and children evacuate first uh, and Men, I guess, either last or not at all due to the the intensity with Russia. But, yeah, all through social media, you're seeing reports that Africans that are in Ukraine's either for athletics or work or school, are being told that they can't return home, can't leave the country as some type of priority. Ukrainians are allowed, like ethnic Ukrainians, is that, is that even a thing? are allowed to leave the country first, I think that's really fucking, really fucking crazy, for one, and, uh yeah, never mind, I'll, I'll stop there, but really interesting reports coming out, <clears throat> so if you know anybody that's Stuck in the Ukraine or stuck anywhere in any foreign country, definitely pray for him. Try to reach out to him as much as you can. Help him out as much as you can, if you can. Um, if it's true that Africans aren't being able or are being restricted from leaving the country, um, I hope that definitely changes. That's That's not a good look for a country that's pretty much pleading for the rest of the world to... I mean, if you think about it, no, they're really not. They're holding steadfast in their position against Russia. So prayers to the Africans in the Ukraine, prayers for the citizen citizens of the Ukraine. And I hope whatever is going on is able to be resolved peacefully, especially without any nuclear consequences. Because <laughs> Putin is not playing. Yeah, we'll leave that there. Uh. I do want to fix something that I said last episode. Um, The show Atlanta is actually being canceled after season four, not season three. So, all of you Atlanta fans, you get another one. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I am excited for this upcoming season, season three. It feels like it's fucking whatever. I'm excited for this new season. Um, I think it's going to be pretty dope. I hope it's not rushed, especially since. We waited, what, fucking four years for it, but, you know, with, with them uh, announcing, announcing that the show is going to be ending after the next season, whenever that happens, usually you just get, like, some fucking cookie-cutter type of show, usually, with Starbucks cups in the shots, but hopefully this isn't that. Definitely looking forward to the new season and then the fourth and final season. Shout out to Donald Glover and cast. Also I have a review for this Batman film the Batman starring Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. uh let's see when it was first announced that Robert Pattinson was gonna be the Batman, I laughed my ass off. I was hoping it wasn't serious, but it was um a few things I didn't I didn't have high expectations going into this film because for one I hated all the Twilight movies so... I was hoping that they didn't twist this into some sad emo Batman because I've only ever seen Robert Pattinson as a sad emo vampire. <clears throat> so I was hoping this wasn't going to be too much of that. A few things I guess I kind of liked about the movie first off before I completely killed this movie. Um, it was a longer film. I guess you can always say that's a plus. Like They tried. Cool. I appreciate that. That's one. Uh, yes, whenever I ask somebody what they like about this film, the only thing they really bring up is the cinematography. So, yes, the movie is a beautifully shot movie. It looks dope. Cool, that's two. And then third, Zoe Kravitz is beautiful. So, gotta highlight that. She's freaking amazingly beautiful the entire film. Aside from that, if I'm being completely honest, this was a terrible fucking movie. That's right. I said it. Kill me if you want. Um, I heard a lot of like I'm hearing a lot of mixed reviews. People are saying, oh, it's cool. It's dope. You know, it's different. I keep hearing a lot of that. It's different from every other Batman film. What does that mean? And then a lot of things I've read. Well, it's dark. It's darker. What are we asking for? <laughs> like, Do we just want to see Batman in a city where people are dying? I think a lot of people are are looking for that. Like, that's the juxtaposition to fucking Marvel films where it's like, you know, the hero is going to come out on top. But these Batman films and these DC films, people only want death and darkness. Like, that was one of the things I kind of didn't really enjoy about the Joker movie. I don't think it really had a point. It's just fucking nonsensical violence. And maybe that's the point. Cool. But I don't want that every film. I felt like that isn't necessarily what this film did, because there actually wasn't a lot of action for a three-hour film, period, but I'll get to that. But with this film, I just felt like people wanted, or people liked the fact that it wasn't a typical superhero the superhero wins and comes out on top. It was a little dark, a little sad, and that's kind of what I hated about the film. For one, Robert Pattinson, I don't think, did a good job playing Batman. You're uh I mean, yes, everybody has their 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 acting take on what this character is. But this entire film, he was just like really sad and emo. I couldn't tell if I was looking at an adult. An adult Bruce Wayne, billionaire Bruce Wayne or a fucking 17 year old sad teenager like he's running around with this eye paint over his eyes. He looked like the Raven. If you've ever seen that movie with uh, Brandon Lee, bro. Oh, my fucking God. That's what I felt like I was watching. Like it was really dark and just like sad, kind of like that character. Um, He's whispering the entire fucking movie. It's three hours of him whispering. Like, let me tell you all the shit that was terrible with this movie. He's running around whispering for three hours. I probably heard 10 of his lines. The script wasn't good at all. The, the the There's maybe four or five action scenes. Hey, skip through all of this if you don't want spoiler alerts. I'm giving it to you because I really felt like this was a bad movie. I don't know why. Like it had so much potential to be good, but it really just falls flat in a lot of places for me. These are all the places. I thought the script wasn't really it wasn't again sorry to keep comparing it to the last couple of Batman films but even the Joker film had much more decent writing the only person I thought that really killed it with the acting is the guy that played the penguin sorry I don't have his name right now but he did a really solid acting job he had a little bit of funny lines here and there he did his thing Zoe Kravitz did her thing too but it wasn't like an acting clinic Robert Pattinson was just weird and sad the whole movie. The guy that played Jim Gordon was whispering the entire film. And then they're just running. One thing I hate about Batman films is that they're all extremely clueless on what's going on. So this whole film, they're just chasing this guy. And it's just, it's like watching fucking Saw Twilight fucking, oh, my goodness. On a scale of one to ten, this movie was a three. Three out of ten to me. (laughs) I really could keep going. I really, really could keep going. But I'm going to get into some literature. That's what we're here for. Um, Definitely go see the movie. I would never say don't go support somebody's work, somebody's art. Definitely go see it. Give me your take on it. Tell me what you think about it, what you like and dislike. But, yeah, that's pretty much everything I didn't really fuck with. And I guess I really expected, I'm sorry, I really expected a better film not the best movie in the world but a much better film for three hours this just was not it sorry let's see let's get into some literature my book of the week is called a bittersweet moment by vanessa riley it comes published from bm books a division of gallium books Um, What can I say about Vanessa Riley Really beautiful woman, talented woman She also is a really great Regency writer Um, Ever since I've been diving headfirst in the Regency literature She's been one of the ones I definitely keep coming back to Uh, She has a few books I really love Uh, Unveiling Love and The Bargainer Two of the ones I've read so far Both of those are really dope Go check those out I wanted to give you all something that you could enjoy just in a short week span. Um, So this book here is, what, 88 pages? I'm reading it. I read it from my iBook. So um, 88 pages, super short, even on the iBook. Like, you can finish that two or three days if you're a slow reader. A day if you really, like, you know, just immerse yourself in the story. Um, This book... It's a really great story, Um, fantasy, Regency writing, uh, but it definitely resonated with me in terms of the message it gave me personally. So the main character, he falls not only in love with a woman who it isn't socially acceptable for him to even look at a certain way, but then he has he's already seen himself as an outcast one thing i love about these love stories i get into the outcasts are going to look out for each other and that's that's usually how we get revolutionaries or how we get positive influences that change the world it's usually the people that are looked down upon that have to join forces so one of the messages i got from this book and plenty of the books i read to always have allies and the people that are looked down upon just like you everybody that's turned away for whatever reason could be the person that helps you out lifts you up and you could be the same for them so it's always important to just like keep people around that even if they aren't on your level or higher even if they're below you if they're seen as somebody that's less than you like treat everybody with love respect and and care because you never know when you'll need that same thing but back to the book um the main character falls in love with a woman he shouldn't fall in love with i won't give out too many details before my uh excerpt but he himself is seen as an outcast so he has this certain this certain chip on his shoulder that he walks around with so he's he's not really into seeing people be taken advantage of because he knows how it affects him to be taken advantage of in his position. Pause. <laughs> um. He makes an agreement with this young lady for them to help each other, for them to benefit from each other and his father who rules his life with an iron fist uh, tries his best to crush his dreams and to force him to, to live this lifestyle that their, their family has established for generations now, but He's a writer. He's an artist and that's what he wants to be. That's what he wants to express So the story is about his trials, not only with his father In regards to living the life he wants to live But also loving the way he wants to love So really, inter- really interesting story. Definitely go check it out. It's called A Bittersweet Moment by Vanessa Riley, it's actually absolutely free. You can go get the iBook right now Like what's better than that? Come on now My excerpt for today is actually gonna be from the very first chapter. I usually only read about three or four pages from a chapter but since this book is On the shorter side and I don't want to you know mince details when I'm uh, Giving you an excerpt. I'm gonna read pages 13 to 24 in the first chapter. And yeah, let's get into it. Enjoy it with me, everybody. Before he started to the riverbanks, Ewan heard a curse, foul demeaning words, no more. He turned, preparing to fight, prepared to beat anything to get the urge from his blood. But he stopped. A man tried to manhandle a woman tugging on her arm to force her down from a gig. She didn't appear frightened, but the whip in her hand looked poised to strike. Leave me alone. She snapped the leather. It crackled the air and the man stood back. No, she didn't look frightened at all. He'd seen her before. Blackamoor women so far from London were unusual. And one, not a maid, was especially unusual. Then I'll take your horse, the burly fellow said and began fiddling with her gig's rein. Leave my horse alone. He isn't yours. He's mine. I have the bill of sale. Not wanting to sit around and allow another person have something taken from them, Ewan walked over. What's going on here? The man didn't turn toward him. Stay out of this, Fitzwilliam. If you know who I am, then you know this is my land. So I'll tell you what to do. Sir, the woman said, this man is trying to steal my gig, mine. The wench and I have a disagreement. Go back to your daddy. No disagreement, Ewan said, as he leaned on the small carriage's side. You bother this woman or gig again, and you'll be banished from Gran This is none of your business. The black wench don't deserve nothing this fine. I said, leave her alone or you'll never set foot here again. He drew his fists, ready to fight, to beat sense into the man, into something. The bloke backed up. I can't touch you. The Earl will have my head. He spat on the ground. You Fitz Williams think you're better than everyone. No, Ewan said. In some cases, we know. Look, this wench, this black wench, must have stolen that gig. Can't nobody like her have that. I worked for it. I didn't scare widows and mothers out of a week's wages for what I have either. She picked up her whip again. Stop or I will strike you this time. That won't be necessary, miss. Ewan pulled down her jittering weapon. Sir, let her be. The bill of sale, Mr. Fitzwilliam. I keep it on me so the likes of these won't come for me. She started digging into her velvet purse. Ewan held up his palm, not necessary ma'am. This fellow shall stop harassing you, right? So you're taking up for the winch? I'd take up with her too if I wasn't worried about tar coming off of my good coat. She jerked the whip again and raised it high, but Ewan caught her arm and tugged it down. No, no, that's not neighborly ma'am. This man is going to move along and you'll take your wares to the main house. The Earl of Crisden is waiting for these flowers. The party is set for tonight. She's working for Crisden Direct? Winch, you should have said that. I shouldn't have to say anything. You and your ilk should let me be. I work hard, I don't bother no one. Ewan climbed up and scooted onto her seat. I think I'll accompany you to make sure no one will harass you any further. Her mouth opened, then shut, but she handed him the reins. He set his Shakespeare book by his boot, then looked over at the man scratching his head. If I hear of this woman having any more problems, I'll come looking for you. What's your name? The man walked away, mumbling curses loud enough that his seatmate surely heard. Ewan started the gig and made it fly up the lane. A good mile or so, he turned to a silent companion. A demure woman with bronze skin and extraordinary teak colored eyes. One he ones he'd never seen before. Well don't thank me all at once. Can you please get out of my gig? I didn't need your help. Yes, you seem to have handled it well. Waving paper at him. I believe in the power of words, but that fellow would have tore your paper up. Then you'd have no proof. Trust me, I know how men of little vision deal with paper. Good. Now get out, sir. A smidgen of gratitude? Thanks, she smiled. Now go. You're welcome. And that's not how you deal with people like that. You have to outsmart them. Hitting them with your whip should be prohibited. The thin lids of her crescent eyes shut for a moment as she mouthed prohibited. She glared at him. Prohibited. This gig should be prohibited from you using it. Please get out. Finding himself staring at the way her lips puckered on the P of prohibited, he tried to turn away, but his gaze upon her lingered. One might say her eyes were almond-shaped because of the way they wedged in the far corner, but that would do a disservice to their beauty, to this woman's beauty. She was different and lovely, and he wanted to know more of her. Must you gawk at me, sir, or will you laugh at my pronunciation? Then there was that puckering pee again, but her lips frowned and shrank to a dot as if she were trying to hold in her emotions. He knew that look very well. You did it fine. I study words all the time. You can trust my opinion. Sir, please get off my gig. I have to find someone to buy these flowers. Between you and that other horrible man, I'll not make it to the Covent Garden to sell these. A full morning wasted and this load I've paid for, a complete loss. Didn't you hear me, ma'am? Your cargo has been bought by the Fitzwilliams, this Fitzwilliam. He looked behind her at the beautiful lavender and the rose flower bundles in the back of her gig. How much for all of them? You're going to buy Fitzwilliam flowers when you own the fields? My father owns the fields to the left, My uncle to the right. Sadly, I own none. So what is the price for these flowers? She squinted at him, then put her fingers together. Clean short nails that wiggled in her palm as if doing a calculation. Eight shillings. I give you six shillings and a sixpence now. I'll have to owe you the rest. You're not a good one to negotiate, Fitzwilliam. You never take the first offer. "'I suppose, but I've already agreed to eight shillings. "'I'm a man of my word, "'and how could I negotiate properly "'if I don't know your name?' "'He pulled the gig to a spot near his uncle's estate "'and climbed down. "'This is not Grand Bowl. "'Why have you driven us here?' "'Her eyes went wide and fingers tightened about her whip. "'Well, this Fitzwilliam, you and Fitzwilliam, "'will now readjust the reins "'that the buffoon loosened before we go any farther.' I would suggest picking flowers on this side. My uncle is a fairer man, and his pickers seem to have better behavior toward women. She smiled a little. I know, but Fitzwilliam Lavender is stronger. The soil is better for them, and makes their odor more punge, punge, putrid? Yes, putrid. That's the word. There are shops in town that make soaps and tonics from the lavender. The owners say they want more putrid flowers. I think you mean pungent. I won't have you saying the wrong word and allow it to affect your business. Fitzwilliams are about business, don't you know? Done with this checks, he climbed up and sat at her side. Her blousy apron, like one you'd see on a shopkeeper, swallowed her whole, but her chocolate brown dress beneath did a poor job of hiding her legs, nicely shaped and long. Please don't stare like that, sir. You've been civil until now. Civil for Fitzwilliam? Her fingers curled up about her collar. Well, you haven't said you own my gig or me. I suppose that's civil for Fitzwilliam. She had a sense of humor. That was good. With his older brother away, he missed jokes and laughing. No, I'm not Chris I own very little. A collection of treasured books very little comes to second sons so no i won't claim the gig or you it was a little hard to tell with her complexion so clear and deeply bronzed but he was certain her cheeks darkened a bit perhaps his staring which was full-on unabashed gaping made the color deepen those eyes he'd never seen on a negress or any other lifted to him and they pierced his heart You are a beautiful woman. You need to get out of my carriage now. I won't fret about the loss of money. Not no more. I didn't mean to offend you, miss. He turned back to the road. Do you pick the fields every day? She relaxed her fingers and slid an inch or more from him. I try at least three times a week. Do you stay in the village? No. London. It's safer there. Safe. London. Those were words he'd never strung together. He pulled her gig into the drive at Grand Bowl. Fishing into his pocket, he pulled out the six shillings, then scooped up the eight bouquets. These would do nicely for mother's centerpiece and her room. I still owe you money. Will you be back tomorrow so I can finish paying you, Miss Theodosia? A surname, a last name like Fitzwilliam. I'm Ewan Fitzwilliam just call me miss theodosia but i won't be back until later in the week then i'll just have to look for you i don't want to be in your depths miss theodosia she smiled again thank you mr fitzwilliam after putting the money in her purple reticule she turned the gig around and headed down the driveway from the house you went sampled the fragrant bouquet of fitzwilliam pungent lavender and the sweetness of its tea roses while watching Miss Theodosia leave. He wasn't in the habit of searching for flower pickers that worked this estate, but he never met anyone like Miss Theodosia. Part of him couldn't wait to go looking for her again. All right, so that is the end of chapter 1. Hope you enjoyed it. Um it's helping setting, it's helping set the tone for where um the love interest is going. But again, like I said, there's a whole other side of the story where Ewan is just fighting to have his dreams realized by the people that not only are important to him, but pretty much own own part of his life. So definitely go give that a check. Um I really enjoyed the character of Miss Theodosia. I'm not necessarily sure what time period this story takes place but this is a strong woman, strong black woman. Um, in this chapter alone, she she's not afraid. Like Her being in a position where she knows she's in dangerous places, she says London is safer for her, but she still goes off into the village to sell this lavender. As a woman, as an owner of, of, of something that other people want, she doesn't necessarily have status, but clearly she works hard and people envy that when they don't work hard so for her to be a black woman said in this time period still doing it not afraid not afraid to to do it and not afraid to defend herself doing it that's really interesting there's something else that she does in the very next chapter I want you to read it instead of me giving it away but just that dedication to just being being honest being straightforward and getting getting the work done I think is really interesting again the book is called a bittersweet moment for sure. Go check it out. Um, go check out all of her work again. Her name is Vanessa Riley. Um, I chose this specific book this month because if you didn't know this month is women's history month and with Vanessa Riley, she makes it her job to showcase the hidden histories of black women and women of color emphasizing strong sisterhoods and dazzling multicultural communities so of course it's only fitting that i start the month off with one of her stories um let me give you a quick background about miss riley i didn't do that so vanessa riley is the president of regency fiction writers a member of ninc the historical novel society and on the board of directors of a christian book lovers retreat aside from that She holds a doctorate in mechanical engineering, an MS in industrial engineering, and engineering management from Stanford University. Riley also earned a BS and MS in mechanical engineering from Penn State University. Her research skills have helped Nassau, General Motors, Hewlett Packard, and several startups. Yet her love of history, Caribbean, Georgian, and Regency, and lattes overwhelm her passion for math And it's led to the publication of over 20 titles. For sure, go check out all of her work. One of the things I definitely love about just reading uh, from Vanessa Riley is you're going to feel a certain warmth with whatever story of hers that you pick up and read. Like, the story is going to be there, but the love is going to be there. It's really hard to explain that. But if you pick up one of the books, you'll understand exactly what I mean. So definitely shout out to Vanessa Riley. I really enjoyed this story. Um, I recently picked up Island Queen, so I'm going to jump into that too. Her herself, she's multicultural. She's a Southern girl, but she's also Trini and also Irish. So she definitely does a good job at expressing diversity in her stories. It's not just one-sided or one-way. So that's a beautiful thing to experience. Again, her name is Vanessa Riley. This story is called A Bittersweet Moment. But like I said, she has a dozen, more than a dozen, great, great stories. Go check them out. Uh, For music this week, my spotlight is going to be an artist that I just came across about a week ago. And ever since then, I've been vibing with a dude. He goes by the name of Clean Water Jenkins. He was out of Washington, D.C. I spoke with him a bit about just his his uh, his influences and where he really gets his swag because he's definitely D.C. to the fullest with uh, the shit he raps about, the shit he expresses. It's definitely some DC, D.C. shit to the fullest, but the way in which he raps, his beat choices, his cadences... It just was obvious to me that his musical influences weren't like that of this generation. So when I talked to him, he told me he's been doing music seriously for about five years now. And mainly what he listens to is 70s soul music. Marvin Gaye, Blue Magic, The Ohio Players, Anita Baker, Gil Scott Heron, Roy Ayers, Smokey Robinson, Patrice Russian, and a lot more. He literally said I could go on forever. Um, when I asked him about his uh, musical influences for recent generations, uh, Mac Miller, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa, Currency, Bodie James, Redman, a trap called Quest, Snoop, and it really started to make sense to me. Like the way he raps, it's really some some hip hop shit. So I was able to appreciate like hearing that from him because it's it's obvious in his music. Uh, the song I'm gonna play for you is gonna be called "The Red Cup," and it's really interesting. It's really, it's really layered. It's a really fun song too. Um, and once I found this song, I definitely just, you know, went out listened to his project. He released a project not too long ago. Let me get you the name of that. Hold on one second. The project is called Jinx. J N K. Dollar Sign. His name is Clean Water Jenkins. Uh, Came out uh, in 2021, but definitely not too long ago. For sure, go check that out. Fuck with that. Uh, And let's get into this song. Again, the song is going to be called The Red Cup. I do have a review for that book by Vanessa Riley. going to be up on my website, but because it's just a short story for you to embrace and enjoy, it's not going to be too much. Just telling you. A little bit more of my thoughts but again since it is women's history month I'm gonna be following up next week with more women's history my book of the week for next week is going to be the trials of Phyllis Wheatley America's first black poet and her encounters with the founding fathers by Henry Louis Gates jr. Uh, definitely go get this book so we can read together um, If you don't know who Phyllis Wheatley is, for sure, pause this shit, uh, go do your research, and then come back. Uh, We're going to enjoy that. Again, this song we're going to get into is called The Red Cup by Clean Water Jenkins from Washington, D.C. Fuck with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, tell a story when I rhyme Jesse Jackson. Trying to put my whole fam on Tony Braxton. Back then, we were chopping the TOB in reaction. Hash shitty clothes with Mac and Hoes on the back end. Uh, grass for 20, come and get a Ray Allen. I lack it, not giving a fuck. Y'all got a lack of talent. Even my little brother would take your life savers off a of game of Madden. He got the skins if you get Dallas. Now we eating good wild rice with the smoked salmon. Watch the skip Shannon. I got flows like earthquakes that do a lot of damage. I got ho- they booty shake, but they want not married. But what can I tell ya? Veins full of paraphernalia. Still sip good, wine came from Australia. A plus gas, never known as a failure. And never fight your poor bitches. Ain't the legend of Zelda Lloyd Avery with the pump. That nigga need hell. inhaler. My mind sharp, like I went to the tailor. Uh. 48 up on the scale, he served me out of a trailer Nice dude, he separated the flavors Rosie the nosy neighbor Try anything to stop my paper route Leave the cash at home and stash the peas Inside my auntie house Hey, conversation, I wasn't no one to talk it out If it ain't about them slave masters, ain't nothing to talk about uh. I hate niggas like restaurants With a dress code Hate the fair-looking cars when it's metro But enough about me and how I'm cutthroat I'ma let my man tell the
2: rest of Ay, ay Black lit bastard Came like pastors, spit it like a deacon But I never been that fabric Came through two cloth niggas You couldn't see that I'm not average Came through like I need horses on my carriage Young king niggas spit it like kings Niggas, niggas couldn't understand I greasy like a ming nigga, ling nigga Mingling nigga, don't give me fried rice Maybe need to get on my lives I mean like nine times, said that shit in last rhymes But niggas need to understand it I'm really going off my shit like I've been going through semantics Niggas didn't see a to call Grease But now I'm standing trying to find the way the planet all goes in mind and I handle it This handling, need handling Now I gotta give up on my prayers Know my stances, stances Never really get me out my stances Pivot to the left and niggas never had the answer Like how he ball like that, the layup too sweet Niggas couldn't call the cat, I'm all up my feet Niggas never saw the reason I was on through concrete Just to get to the top and you niggas beating your feet uh, DC, nigga, southeast, nigga, fuck you mean We can really get it down with my brother and my fucking team and I'm really tryna get it while let am sleep in the lead
1: Like a surfing turf, muzzle to the bank clerk, stuffing all the currency. In a bag scene, a and the black bags and the handshaking shaking like booty meat. I ain't a pussy, so this ain't no time foolery. Me and Brody in the same disguise, like it's two of me. And an the note less than 30 seconds went fluidly, beautifully done, cold cash, no jewelry. My life rated R is hella drugs and nudity. Popped them all wet, she poured it on the boobies. Two twin cuties, I only see them just to make smoothies. They like to play with black cock, so that's called a booty. I truly whip pussy like my name, Pootie. Sriracha sauce over sushi, our lives is like a movie. Mm. Chat, have you seen the cleanest water in the world? That's what I asked them came from a glacier in alaska blessed by an eskimo medicine man it heals faster than the whole album of anita's caught up in the rapture nigga i captured dark skins like a slave master feed them whatever they want to get their ass fatter silly rabbit drop light skins like bad habits and cold cabbage i need an ass like a suitcase a lot of baggage so fat she gotta pull a wagon <laughs> Yeah. This message sponsored by yours truly. Living life like white bitches at looney. Yeah, our lives is like a movie. Everybody, put your cups up. Let's propose to to life.